Welcome to Hollywood Immersive Presents, the podcast, where we explore the journeys people have taken that have made them extraordinary. Oh my God, Adam, you sound amazing. <laughs> We're just having a dance party here. I know, it's a complete, it's so much fun. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I'm Adam Rotenberg. How are you? I'm with the uh, Hollywood Immersive Podcast. Thank everyone for joining us in again. Uh, the voice you heard is our very special guest today. That is Lynn Gilmartin. Hello. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And we're going to get right into your story, but I want to kind of do a little bit of introduction on you. And what we're doing here is we're talking about, as we mentioned, the journeys that people have taken to to forward their careers, to make them into the extraordinary people that they are, that they've taken action, that they're following their dreams. And you are a person that has certainly done that. Lynn Gilmartin, you have been... Uh, a part of the World Poker Tour, your host and correspondent for the last seven years. Yeah. You're traveling all over the world, and we know you uh, from Hollywood Immersive because you've done our program as an actor. You're pursuing acting as well, and to pin you down and have you in studio right now is incredible that you're actually <laughs> in town. Yeah, so a little bit. thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. What is going on? Like uh, we were able to get you this week, but last week you were in Vegas. You're going back. Yeah. What? Where are we right now in the World Poker Tour land? Like, uh, what's happening? Well, we've actually just kicked off our uh, 18th season. Wow. Yeah, which is bananas. Um, so we just wrapped up season 17 uh, at the end of May, or it was like actually, yeah, 1st of June. Um, and uh, there's really no downtime in between seasons. Well, well, okay. <laughs> Next season just restarts again almost immediately. Uh, they're done in May, and here we are just in June, and you're yeah. just, you just rev right up again. Yeah. So there's not like it's a baseball season, a football season. Poker season is year-round. It's year-round. It never stops. There's always a poker game that you can play anywhere you are in the world. <laughs> and you guys and Fox Sports takes you there. Yes. Where do you start off? Where is the place that – is there is there somewhere that it – the first event starts and then you travel the world? Do the players go on this tour? Tell me about the yeah. tour a little bit. How does that work? Well, so the tour, we're in 65 – we have 65 uh, tour events all wow. literally across the planet where – everywhere. Do you go to all of them? No, <laughs> that wouldn't be impossible. <laughs> um, no. Uh, so I, I just go to a, just, so our televised events, um, we'll go to plus other special events and we have charity events as well. In addition to those 65, like actual tour events. Um, so we just have so much happening, uh, all year round, but Vegas is absolutely our central hub and it's kind of now where we start and finish. Um, so uh, we wrapped up season 17 at the new home of the World Poker Tour. We have this new uh, setup where um, where we're still going on tour. We're still going to all of these local casinos and all around the world. Um, but then our televised events, the final table pauses. Like once we get to those final six players that are left, uh, we then pause the game. And um, there is a period to, uh, you know, sometimes it's a few days or, or it's a, a few weeks. Um, and then those players are brought to Las Vegas to our new home, which is at the HyperX oh, Esports wow. Arena uh, in Las Vegas. Isn't that kind of treacherous that, that they're the final six, mm. ready to go, and you're like, ah, wait. It's amazing. Let's, do they just love it? Or is there a yeah. moment? Is there a momentum that they're like, no, I don't want to stop. Let's do this. It's, or they're like, yes. I want that mental break, yeah. and then I want to go to Vegas, which is this mecca for 
It's uh, it's. It's different for everyone, and there is a small portion that probably would prefer that momentum and, and, and to keep going, perhaps. But the majority, and, and, and from what I've seen as well as a viewer, uh, it is so helpful and it's so much more exciting having this break because what we've noticed in the past, because there's so many poker players travel, right? So we could be um, in... Uh, we could be in Las Vegas and you have all of these uh, poker players in town um, and then they make a final table, but they might not know until one o'clock in the morning that they've made the final table and then they start again the very next day. Mm -hmm. So there's no time for their friends and family to hop on a plane and be there. So quite often you would see the winner at the end celebrating and they're just with us and their family and friends aren't necessarily there, maybe one or two. Um, And you know, that's disappointing. You want everyone there with you. You want all your loved ones there. And so this is such a cool opportunity to pause the game. You get to tell everyone you have a set date where you know you're going to go and play this huge, like, huge moment of your life, like this milestone, this, this dream that you've looked towards for so long. You've made it. But you have time to prepare the travel plans, your friends and family make T-shirts with your faces on it and, and like, everyone gets to Vegas for this amazing weekend to cheer you on. I mean, the excitement is beyond uh, what we even imagined. That makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. So fun. And then it could build the excitement. It could build the promotion of it. That's really – that is very cool. It's awesome. But now you don't just jump into being a host for World Poker Tour. No. Uh, I know that you studied marketing – in school. Yes. Marketing, host, world program. So, and then you worked at the Crown Casino mm-hmm. in Melbourne, uh, Australia. And what what's that story? How did that all come to be? Well, I mean, it. if you really go back, I mean, as a kid, I always wanted to be a performer um, my whole life. Uh, when I was a child, I was always performing. I was in theatre shows. I was putting on dance performances with my neighbours and we'd perform them at the Christmas parties to our street um, and making my parents watch me sing and dance around the around the house. Not that I can sing at all. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and that was always my dream, like, throughout primary school. But then as I got to high school, I whenever I shared that dream, uh, you know, what do you want to be when you're older? Oh, I want to be an actor. Uh I felt, and maybe it was only one or two people, who knows, but as a child, everything's such a big deal when it's negative. So I started to hear a lot of this messaging of, who do you think you are? You'll never be that. You can't be that. And I so I, I believed... I believed that idea that that's not a realistic dream. So then in high school, I just started to uh, believe that I need to go to university and I need to get a real job and I'm going to wear a suit and I'm going to work in the city. (laughs) (laughs) That was my big thing. And so I did that and I I really – and I enjoyed that. I mean, I I have – I really enjoy uh, studying and and, and business and, you know, I'm not a total creative – but I went to university and really loved that and was straight out of university. I got an opportunity uh, to work at Crown Casino as a marketing assistant. And it was that experience that uh, opened me into the poker world, which I knew nothing about. And I'll never forget the first time I walked into the poker room. I was getting a tour of the casino and um, I walked in there and, and I remember them saying to me, oh, that that's the high stakes table over there. There's probably about $250,000 in cash sitting on that table right now, you know, in the form of chips. And I was like, what? <laughs> no. Like it was the most right. mind-blowing thing I'd ever seen in my life. Um, and and now, like it's just so crazy that that's now been uh, – that was 12 years ago. Wow. And that's just been my entire life now since then is just being in that environment. Now, you walked into that – in that room, you saw all that on the table. Have you played 
any poker before then. No, never. No. No, I knew nothing. And and like that first job wasn't directly with poker. So I right. I worked in like a different department, but it, the poker one was so fun and I was so intrigued by it. And, um, it, you know, they had all these big fancy international events where these celebrities would come in for it, charity events and stuff like that. And um, so I wanted to move over there and an opportunity came up where I could. So I started working in that area, but I still had never played it because uh, as an employee of the casino, you can't play. Um, you can't play at the tables. It's, mm. it's against the policy. So, uh, And there was only one casino in, in the state. So I had never played poker, but I was in the poker room all the time. But I, So I knew the environment to make brochures and, and, you know, in that way, but not as a player. And back then, YouTube was new. Right. Um, and can you do you remember a world before YouTube? Can you believe it? There's <laughs> there's a lot of things that I just that yeah. this modern this this thing called modern technology is right so crazy. I, yeah. I, I but to, to say that YouTube was new, um, and so it was this revolutionary thing. Um, and so my boss wanted to start a YouTube channel, um, and 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 interview when celebrity when celebrities would come into our poker room, you know, for events. Uh, she wanted to to take advantage of that, but we had no budget because it was hard to pitch something like that because it was so out of the realm of so what new. we ever knew. It was yeah. so new. Um, and she was very forward thinking. So she's like, here, Lynn, you do it. And it was that that little actor in me, the right. performer, was like, oh, my God. I just was so excited by the idea of of, of taking on that project and, and, and doing these interviews. And so I, I ran with that and I had no idea what I was doing. And when I look <laughs> back at them now, oh, they were terrible. <laughs> but I just, that it lit me up so much. And um, it was from that that really started the huge snowball uh, into where I am now. Getting into hosting. And mm. World World Poker Tour was not your first hosting no. gig in poker. No. Uh, you worked, you did the uh, Aussie Millions yes. Poker Championship. Yes. Uh, and that was, was that through the casino or is that a completely different? You know, that was a beautiful full circle experience. Um, and it really proves, like a big, a big, um, the theory of mine or what I really believe in and is no matter what you're doing, like we all have our uh, our goals and as unrealistic as they may seem at the time or, or far away uh, and uh, like unachievable or whatever it is or just no matter what, whatever it is that you're doing in the present moment, you just need to bring it and you just need to be at your fullest best self and even if it's not if it doesn't seem like it's going to lead to what that big big dream is you just never know and so when I worked um, at Crown I loved my job so much and I just had so much fun and I really uh, over delivered all the time and I was always just making sure I was the best version of me that I could always be Um, and that was in a very corporate role right it had nothing to do with entertainment at all and what ended up happening um uh, so a big when I when I'd started doing those YouTube videos, this website would always come out for our big uh, international event, and they saw that I was making some videos, and there really wasn't many people that knew the game in the Asia Pacific region that they could have as a host. It was an American site, and they needed someone in that area. So this opportunity had come up where they offered me this chance to go off to Vegas with them and start traveling the world for this website that I really didn't know that much about. And at the time, I had just gotten a huge promotion at me, my corporate job where I was, you know, taking care of like uh, the publishing of this huge gloss, high gloss magazine for our top 5% of customers in like Asia, London, and all through Australia. I was 23 years old. Like mm. it was on paper the most extraordinary, uh, it's like, you know, role to to have. Um, and I was in that role for only a month when this other opportunity came up to quit that amazing on paper job and 
jet, hop over to Vegas. I'd never been to the United States before and just start hosting these YouTube videos. And again, that was such a new climate-like environment um, for a game I really didn't know anything about. And the little host in me was just like, oh my God. And it took about two weeks, I think, for me to make that decision. Um, and I then ended up deciding, you know what? No, I'm going to go for this dream. Like I just, I have to, this is just something that lights me up. You, you said, you, wait, I want to slow down because you're, you're there's you so said, much. there's so much going on and there's so much uh, inspiring stuff here. Yes. You're 23. Yeah. You have a great job. You've been offered a promotion. Yeah. And, how, and then someone says, wait a minute. Uh, we want to give you this opportunity to move to a different country yeah. to work there on this brand new platform that no one's ever heard of. And there's something inside of you that looks back and says, I'm going to take that risk. Yeah. And for people all over the world, that happens, mm-hmm. and that people are afraid to take that risk. They want to take the safe way, but they have that creative urge and the performer in them, the artist mm-hmm. in them. And you and you did that. I did. It was terrifying, but of course. holy moly, am I grateful? I still think back to my twenty-three-year-old self and thank her so much for taking that huge, scary risk because it was so scary. It was right after the global financial crisis. There's all these <laughs> stories about how hard it is to get a job, and I had an amazing uh, corporate ladder ahead of me that I was already climbing at a great rate. So uh, it was a huge, scary jump. Um, But going back to what I was saying about always just being the best, no matter what your current situation is reflecting. Yes. The full circle moment I had was after a a couple of years of of working for this website and I was following um, poker tournaments all over the world, making these YouTube videos. And I was working as a reporter and I was just giving all these uh, tournament updates from all these events. And it was an incredible experience. And I learned so much because um, it's a low budget thing. So the lower the budget, the more you do, right? I was playing, I I was wearing all hats. The more hats hats you wear. Uh Uh-huh. I was writing, I was producing, I was uh, learning how to edit. I was also learning how to host as I was going because I was still very new to it. So I really learned the the whole picture of what goes into to production. and um, But then my very first TV uh, opportunity, it came up because Aussie Millions was produced by Crown Casino. And one of my big bosses that I worked for as a marketing assistant was the guy behind this, this TV show being produced. And because I just had that, like, connection uh, and we had worked together for so long and, and, you know, he was so adamant, Lynn needs to host this show. And that was such a beautiful, uh, just a beautiful confirmation of back when I was working there in my corporate role, like, I didn't see a future in television coming out of that at all. But because I really was grateful for the opportunity I had, no matter what it was, you know, I was just so grateful for it and really brung it and was just my best self. Um, That ended up actually giving me the very first opportunity of what my dream was, which I just thought was so crazy that that paid off in such an unexpected way. So you had the confidence in yourself to, to, again, to, to take these risks and to make the most out of it. And you had, uh, it seems like you had this desire to learn, to do all this work on no budget for this website, yeah. the hosting, the editing, the shooting. The, it was and, down and dirty. And you were given kind of the, the, the license to do so. Yeah. Then what makes me interested, because, and we can rewind the tape, you said a few minutes ago, uh, as a teen, you weren't a creative. <laughs> I mean, I was going to stop you right there. You know, it's only in the last five years I've realized I am probably one of the most creative people that I know. <laughs> but well, as a child, I didn't think I was. That's which is a so huge sad. thing, and I and I want to stress that yeah. to people out there 
that if they that part of part of my job with Hollywood Immersive and talking with people all over the world who have the desire to come to Los Angeles and be artists is them wanting to believe in themselves. And it, it's there. People are afraid. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you were afraid to admit that about yourself. What I was doing wrong, I think, because I went to a really creative high school. It was very arts driven. So I was surrounded by the best artists that were painting murals. And then um, the theatre performance, the big shows that they would put on uh, were musicals. And because I couldn't sing, I didn't. I thought I didn't belong there. So Aww. I didn't think I could act. I couldn't be part of the musicals. I couldn't be part of the art classes because I wasn't like them. So I convinced myself that I wasn't an artist. So I was doing legal studies, accounting, psychology, maths, advanced maths, and advanced computers. Like I was so – that's left brain, right? I was so like left brain um, – which I have in me, and I like that I have that balance, but I had convinced myself, you're right, because I was comparing myself to what society was telling me what an artist should look like, I then taught myself that I wasn't that. And it wasn't until I, you know, became more confident within myself um, that I realised, oh, hang on a minute, I am creative. It's just in different ways. I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not painting murals, no, but... I can. It's in other ways. Like my obsession with spreadsheets is making them look good. I love a good spreadsheet, but I, I, I like my. I have a hobby of making them look pretty, <laughs> and I never realize that that's a form of creativity. It, it absolutely is. In in any job that people have, even if people do choose to go the corporate route, accounting, uh, being a, an attorney, uh, something where you're sitting behind the desk, there is ways to make it creative, make it your own. Mm-hmm. And that's very important to let your – if you have that desire well, to I let that out. Well, I truly believe that all humans are creative. We are all creative beings. Like one of my favorite quotes that I really live by is life is art. Everything I do is art. The way I make my tea, the way I brush my hair, the way I put on an event, the way I write. And if you start looking at life that way, like it's all just like this beautiful, gorgeous, creative art project, life is so much fun. And it's not so serious and scary anymore. It's fun. And you see the magic in the simplest things like a cup of tea. Like everything is art around us. It's so beautiful. The world is so beautiful. And all of the things that we do, even if it seems so, um, you know, like analytic or or non-creative, there's a creativity in all of that. Like computers is total creativity. It's all um, beautiful creations. So we're all creative beings. That's that's why I, I, I hope though, I hope people listen to you. Thank I hope you. that word gets out and uh, people understand that it's within them mm-hmm. and they have the ability to bring it out uh, in in any way that they can, whether it is brushing their teeth, making their breakfast, make yeah. it into an art project. If yeah. that's what you want to do it, mm-hmm. that's very that's that's incredible. That's a, it's <laughs> an incredible way of looking at things. It's, and yeah. it's taken you pretty far. It has. You know? It, yeah, it brings joy in those scary moments of when you're feeling the anxiety. It's like, hang on a minute, this is just an art project. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I you also had the aspirations to be an actor. Yes. And you have been acting. I want to get to that in a couple minutes because mm-hmm. uh, your acting career has taken off and what kind of inspired you to really start doing some acting training. Um, but you're a host and an actor, do those two go hand in hand or are they completely different things? I feel like they are so similar. This industry really separates the two. And I understand why, because one is you and when one should be a character. But I really feel like acting 
uh, acting is you. It's just different ways of portraying you. You can't physically be someone else. So you're bringing out a character that's within you still. You're still bringing you to this character that's on a page. And it's the same with hosting. Like, it's another version of you because... When I'm hosting, I'm, there's, it's a version of me that I'm not when I'm at home sitting on the couch with my boyfriend. You know, you're a different version of yourself if you're sitting at home or if you're in a job interview, right? So we have all these different, like, just, yeah, characters that we are playing within our life um, and they are they do make you up a part of you. So hosting is absolutely that. Um, you still have it's to a, very much it's be a yourself. Sense of, it's a sense of artistry. It is. As well. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's taught me a lot... Uh, like, you know, a lot of the skills that I've learned in hosting ha- really translate into acting, and one of them is listening. Which Definitely. Are, yeah. Definitely. And a huge part of acting is listening. Yeah. As is a host, connecting, you have to hear everything. Connecting with your scene partner, mm-hmm. the person that you're going to be working with. You can't act just by yourself. No. And as a host, you are opposite someone else, and you know the action going around. You have to listen to what's going on around you. Yeah. And let me ask this in terms of uh, is there opportunities for uh, improvisation in hosting? Yes. Oh, I mean, so much of it is depending on the on the 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 job that it is, but especially all the online stuff that I was doing. And sometimes I will still do some some online things like when we're traveling, I'll make some travel videos and all of that's improv. Um, there's no there's no script, there's no teleprompter. When you're out on the road doing things, there's nothing like that. When we're in the studio, we have our whole team of producers and everything's pre-written and we have a prompter and it's very so there's there's different types of hosting, very much so. Um, and yeah, the improv kept, keeps the brain sharp, that's for sure. I can imagine for your colleagues on, on the tour that do the color commentating for while the play is going on, mm-hmm. that everything there is basically improv. Yes. They have to really know their stuff they as get well. very jealous of me because I sit on my perch with my teleprompter <laughs> and then all of theirs is improvised because they're you're calling the action. So it all depends on what's happening at the table. And Have you called the opinions. action? Have you? No, not really. Uh-huh. I mean, I could give a try, but I, I, I compare myself to these the professionals, so I feel like I have no business ever calling the action, you mm-hmm. know, because these guys are incredibly talented yeah. at the game and their analysis behind it and understanding is so deep, way deeper than mine. So I would just be like surface-level commentary. <laughs> but you started playing poker. Yeah. And you were a uh, champion in 2015, you had a Euro, the European Poker Tour. Yes. And you won a, a, a women's event. I did. The Talk largest of, ladies' event uh, in history at that time. They hadn't had one so big before on the, on the EPT. So. And, and that was just a couple years ago, a few years ago. Mm. And a few years before that, you never played poker, and now you're winning tournaments. <laughs> yeah. So what's, you, you must be a quick study of the game. Maybe. I don't know. I, there's, the, the game is, it's hard to learn. There's a lot to learn. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think that they can just watch a few episodes of World Poker Tour, and they've got it, and they can just go and hit the tables and play against the professionals, and right. then they learn very quickly that <laughs> it's not that easy. Well, there's a lot of there's strategy. Totally. There is reading the other players. They're certainly knowing the, the hands to play. and, and But what, what, what I never understood is while watching these shows is they'll have – on TV, they'll, they'll show what the, the cards that the other player has or the players have. And they'll say, oh, now this person has a 77% chance of winning. Yeah. 
I, I have no idea how they They're come up with this. They're human calculators. Yeah. It's crazy. They, and I still get mind blown when I see some of these guys and the way that they analyse and calculate just so quickly um, what's happening and all the odds. And and there's so many different ways that you can play the game and that's why it appeals to so many people. Um, you know, you can be a really psychological player where you're t- picking up on tells um, and that's where, like, acting skills come in, you right. know. Uh, so I feel like And that, the listening skills. The, yes. The listening as attention. you're paying attention to your mm-hmm. other players at the table. Yeah. What about when they're wearing hoodies and sunglasses and hats and headphones and all that? It's really important for a lot of players because some people can't control their uh, – um, you know, the the physical tells in their body when they're stressed or when they're excited. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of people wear scarves so that you can't see the pulse in the neck. Wow. And then the hoodies, to, you know, because a lot of people might uh, start blushing if they're right. nervous, their face will go red. Um, the sunglasses, the eyes give so much information to a pro. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've played in my life a handful of home games with friends where we're talking about a $10 total pot, you know? Yeah. And I realized about myself when I was bluffing, I would always run my fingers through my hair. I'm saying that now and people are like, well, I want to play poker with Adam, see when that happens. (laughs) But I realized, wow, this is – I should stop doing that. I hope no one notices, but I notice it about myself. Well, the hardest part is knowing your own tells. Yeah. I still don't know. I'm sure I have heaps. Like – uh, yeah, but you know, you you you're dealt pocket aces. You're like, oh, oh, look at that. Yeah, I mean, nothing. But now I try <laughs> to do that with all hands, do and that's I try to take advantage of you know being uh, as a woman. I'm in a minority, so it's quite fun to just play around and have a giggle during the middle of a hand because often I throw off my opponent. <laughs> and they don't know what to do with me when I'm, like, smiling and giggling at them. Are there not a lot of women on the on the World Parker Tour? Uh, it, it, the stats are growing. It's increasing. But we're still way underrepresented, like, mm. no more than 10%, I don't think. Yeah. At the, so, But it's growing because I would have safely said maybe 5% if we were talking about talking about this a few years ago. So you see a lot more women now, um, but there's a lot more work to be done to get more of us in there. That's awesome. Yeah. So, ladies, That's- if you're listening... This is a very fun world. And you can bring them in. Yeah. You can bring them in. You could, you could be the ambassador. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I want to talk I want to I want to talk go back to your uh, acting aspirations and how that was something always in the back of your mind and how that got started and you joined Hollywood Immersive yeah. and how that felt for you to join the acting program and was that the first time that you had a little training? So, Formal training or where did you – because you went to school uh, for performing arts. When but, I was a child. Okay. So I was really young. And I, I think I quit acting classes probably – I was early, early teens. I think my last I, – I remember doing a, a theater – I did a play. I think I would have been like 11 or 12 and I fell over. <laughs> and it was the most mortifying experience <laughs> of my life on stage. I remember there was like – What play was it? I can't even remember what it was called, but mm. I was playing like four different characters. So I had finished that scene. I had to go run off to change into my next costume and my uh, my sock got caught in my costume and I fell front row center. It was mortifying. I think that contributed to me quitting acting also that and like believing I'm not good enough. Um, so I never dabbled in it again after that. And um, but my dream was always like to move to LA to 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 get into to the entertainment industry. And when I'd been working for uh, this website for Poker News, I've been working for it for so many years, and 
It was like out of nowhere. It was like magic when my opportunity with the World Poker Tour came up. Um, And when I got that job, oh, my God, it was just – it was like winning the lottery. I just couldn't believe it. And what came hand in hand with it was that I needed to move to Los Angeles. And so they brought me over here. It was just the biggest, greatest gift. Uh, And I just – I'm just so, so grateful. It's just been life-changing. So I'd been in L.A. for a couple of years and um, I – fantasized about taking acting classes because I was like, oh, well, I'm here, you know, and I should maybe, but I was so scared to do it because LA is the Olympics, you know, <laughs> like this is the, the, this is the real deal. This so is where it happens. It was intimidating to just show up to it's an no acting joke. class. But I remember, so Lily from Hollywood Massive is just my sister. I love her so much. And we were at dinner one night and I was telling her how, I was like, oh, I think I... I think I want to try an acting class because this was so, like, foreign. Like, I just didn't think about myself as an actor whatsoever. But I really wanted to, and I was telling her about this desire to, like, maybe give it a go. And she's like, Lynn, <laughs> you need to do the Hollywood Immersive. And there just so happened to be, and I didn't even know when we were having this chat, that there was one just starting, I think, like, the next week. And that freaked me out because I just... I was terrified to just go to some casual class, let alone dive deep into this workshop with, uh, or into like an actual week-long immersive program um, with international actors flying in. You know, I just was like, whoa, 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 that's, that's such a deep end. But that was a terrifying, terrifying decision to agree. I think it took me a few days. She's like, like I just, I was like, you know, you know what? I've got to do it. I've got to do it. Because it was just like universal timing. So I was so nervous and I was working on my scene. I remember my monologue and I was getting my scene and I was just so scared to go up there. And on the first day, I remember we were sitting in that theatre and there was about, I think there was like 12 of us. And, um, you know, I think two of the girls are like Disney kids and then there are all these like amazing professional actors and, and, and people who have been training their entire life. And I remember sitting there going, what am I doing? I do not belong here. And uh, I thought I was so out of my element. And then... I had watched a few actors go up and then it was my turn to go up and petrified. But I went up and, oh, my, the feeling that I had performing up there, and it was just a little rehearsal. It was like the first read. Um, But I just, it felt so beautiful. It was just like a feeling I hadn't felt in, I couldn't even remember how long. And that day I just sat in that theatre watching. I remember we were on break and our teacher had gone out to get something and everyone was kind of like, just Going running around. Own, yeah. yeah, like we had one guy doing pirouettes across the stage and there were two <laughs> girls singing over in the corner and everyone just being loud and being characters. And I just felt like I belonged. I never felt so... Because I get a bit of social anxiety often when I leave groups because I'm quite intense and loud. <laughs> so I'm, when I leave, I'm like, oh, God, did I just bowl them over with my... Like, I'm so loud. But I just felt like I belonged. And it was the just... I just was like, wow. this, And that was such a huge epiphany, Uh that day and then that whole week and that really just shot me on the train of I'm going for this this is my this is next my next goal like I'm back I'm back at uh, towards this dream so it and, has been life changing and program. since that happened you have done a lot of projects your first uh, big movie was uh, in the in the film Museo yes and that was an award winning film yeah uh, the Berlin International Film Festival but something happened I have a funny story yeah tell me tell me well I was so ha- excited to get that because I'm already a huge fan of Gail Garcia Bernal who was the lead in mm, Museo terrific actor um, yes Mozart in the Jungle is an incredible show so my boyfriend and I were just obsessed with that show and I just I, he's an amazing actor and uh 
this opportunity came up and I got this role. It was one scene and, um, you know, I just was so excited. I was playing just an Australian hippie in the jungle. I had to, like, not shave for a month leading up to it. I couldn't have I, my nails. I've seen you not shave and you get a really <laughs> thick beard. It's crazy. Your mustache, it curls over. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I couldn't shave my underarms and I was filming World Poker Tour the weekend before I went down to the <clears> film, but it was fine. I'm a redhead, so, you know, my body hair is not even visible. So it actually didn't even help because on camera you couldn't even tell. And I was like, wow, I just committed to that for so long. Anyway, um, was that too much information, Adam? I, uh, <laughs> the microphone kind of went up in flames, so I'm trying to put out this fire in the studio. You're looking a little awkward. Uh, no. So I, uh, that was so fun. We were in the jungle in Mexico and I shot that scene. I got to work with Gail, who was incredible, and I learned so much. But it was my very first film set Everyone was speaking in Spanish. I had no idea what I was doing. Again, it was I love deep ends, apparently. They terrify me, but that's... So I just was like, again, just what... Oh, my God. I just... It was... I learned a ton very, very quickly um, that day. And uh, anyhow, it, I think however long... I think it was almost a year passed before the film was ready. Um, and it uh, it did... It won an award in, at Berlinale uh, for Best Screenplay. But then uh, when it got... The distributor bought the rights. They had to take out 22 minutes of the film, so mm. my scene got cut. Aww. So I am not in the movie anymore. <laughs> but, but, you know, that happens. My first film role, and I'm not actually in it. <laughs> that, you know, but you got the experience. Yes. You got cast. Yeah. You worked with the star of the film. It's definitely a great experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, something I'll never forget. And then, you know, there's a couple more that you have coming out. Uh, that we talked about. There's an Australian film called How Do You Know Chris? Yes. Which is coming out. Uh, and the uh, very excellent Mr. Dundee. Yeah. So, and you play, this is crazy, you play a TV host. Mm. How'd you get that role? Mm, I don't know. It doesn't suit me at does all, that, does it? Does that work? No, I don't know how I got that. I bluffed my way into that <laughs> role. <laughs> uh, I mean, if there's any, like, I'm such a proud Australian. I just love Australia so much. Um, it's kind of obsessive. Uh, so is that home for you? Is, any, I know yes. that's it will always be home. Always. Even though you have homes in Los Angeles, you've lived in Mexico. Yeah, I was born in Ireland. Born in Ireland. And you spent a lot of time in Las Vegas and traveling the world. Yeah. But home is oh, Australia. So deeply connected to my heart. I just love Australia. Yeah. Um, I miss it so much. And that's, you know, the biggest stress on my shoulders at times is when I'm just like, what am I doing over here? I miss home so much. It's really hard to remove yourself from your family and your friends and, and your country when you're really in love with it. But, you know, that's uh, it's it, it's just what I've committed to and I, I enjoy it. But if there's any franchise that's so Australian that I could be so proud of being a part of, it's Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really excited for that to come out. Well, we're all looking forward to that, mm, for sure. You and then you're also in a uh, film, a Bruce Willis film. Yes, that's amazing. Yes, I mean these are all small roles, but um, you just it's a, it's an action film. It's called Trauma Center, mm -hmm. um, and you know what's funny? So I, I went to Puerto Rico to film that, um, and 
My scene uh, is with the lead actress in the film, who happens to be Nikki Whelan, who is also from Melbourne, Australia. So we're on, on this American film set in Puerto Rico, and the two actors in the scene are both Melbourne what? girls. So that was pretty Why cool. Why do you Australians <laughs> take all these jobs away from us? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, through all of this, through the acting and the hosting and your world travel and all of this great stuff, I also know that you have causes which are really close to your heart. Um, wildlife warriors. Yes. Tell me about that. Uh, that is Steve Irwin's uh, Australia Zoo uh, in in Brisbane. Um, the charity, the foundation attached to that, they have this incredible animal hospital. Um, and Wildlife Warriors is the, the foundation around it where they, they get all the funding for this, this hospital that works all like 24 hours uh, all year. They have thousands upon thousands of wildlife come through the hospital. It's a really incredible facility. And they're really focused on um, educating the planet just ab- about uh, wildlife, just to, to carry on Steve's legacy. That's what he committed his his life to. Um, again, another Australian franchise that I could not be prouder to attach myself to. And people keep also uh, confusing uh, Dundee and Steve and the Crocodile Hunter and <laughs> Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> They're two different people. I'm American. I know the difference. <laughs> and then you mentioned another one, uh, Edgar's Mission. Yes. And that is based on a pig. Yeah, Edgar. <laughs> so Edgar's Mission is this gorgeous sanctuary, animal sanctuary. Again, I'm all about the animals. Uh, that's my my charity focus of choice, uh, my service to the planet. I think that animal uh, humans, we really need to take responsibility for the horrible impact that we've had on, on animals um, with the way that we, we treat the planet. Uh, but Edgar's Mission is this sanctuary for animals um, in Victoria who – have escaped, you know, mass production lines, farm, uh, you know, horrible just mass farming situations or, um, you know, they just rescued uh, like I think it was like 500 hens from an egg production facility and when I went to visit all the hens were just starting to have their feathers grow back only just. Mm. They basically had no feathers. So, you know, it, it's just this magical place that you can go and visit and uh, hang out with all the different animals. But Edgar is the uh, pig that started the really, like, uh, Pam, who started the whole uh, sanctuary. It was all based off of, uh, inspired by Edgar. And these uh, foundations have some websites people can go to. Yes. Uh, Ed- to Do you want to give a shout out? Sure. Wildlifewarriors.org is for uh, wildlife warriors. And edgarsmission.org. It's uh, an amazing place. And people can, you can check spon- those out. Yeah, and you can sponsor the animals at Edgar's Mission. Um, you know, that I, when I first uh, started, I mean, yeah, I've been donating to them for years, and I sponsored Boots, this little goat, he, the cheeky little goat. And then I got to meet him when I went to visit, <laughs> and he just had so much. Goats are my favorite animal. They're, they're so cheeky. They have so <laughs> much personality. And, uh, yeah. So they send you updates on your animal and they'll send you pictures, uh, like a poster and stuff, and you can, yeah, be proud of and know exactly where your money's going. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And also, not to, you know, not to be undone, Tiger Woods Foundation yes. with World Poker 2. I saw recently you were hanging out with Tiger Woods. God, you do your research, don't you, Adam? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so WPT Foundation is uh, the World Poker Tour Foundation, which I'm a very proud ambassador of, and we have incredible events. Uh, we partner with really really uh, important uh, foundations. And um, we've raised millions of dollars for them, which is so cool uh, and priceless. It's probably my favorite, most 
enjoyable part of my job for sure. Um, and Tiger Woods Foundation, which is now TGR Foundation, uh, we have been with them for I think six years now and we have an annual event as part of Tiger Jam in Vegas every May um, and it's a whole weekend of an experience. You get to play golf with Tiger and then you have a poker night with us and there's a concert and it's just so much fun. Um, but the TGR Foundation, after all these years of having seen just the impact that they have. It's all about providing education opportunities to underserved children um, of the United States and beyond. Um, they just really do amazing work just seeing every year what, uh, how much it's growing and how many people they're impacting. And so one of their programs is a mentorship. So I've just applied to become a mentor for oh. a college student. So I haven't been assigned my mentee yet. Lynn, I think there's so a little fun. halo that's going over your head right now. You're a saint. <laughs> Thanks. You know, I want to wrap this up in a little bit. And so thank you so much for coming on in and speaking with us about this incredible journey and this, what you do. But moving forward, what would you say, what would you want your legacy to be? To be kind and just always share kindness and treat your life like a ginormous, beautiful artwork. I hope that that's the legacy I leave behind. Yeah, I think I think you're definitely doing that. Thanks. That's fair. <laughs> really? You're really making me think right now. That's just what <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that what I want it to be? I don't know. Ah! <laughs> yes. Well, uh, you know, this this has been a great start. You know, the, the poker tour has uh, starting with the Crown Casino all the way through. Now you're working the foundations. You're an ambassador. And everything for you is artistic. What what else what else can be better? You're living you're living the good the life you want to live. Thank you. You know, that's fantastic. I'll remember those words this time. I'm feeling bouts of anxiety about what am I doing with my life? Because <laughs> we all have them. <laughs> Thank you for coming in today. Thank you. You are so the much. best. You know what? Um, I would say that you are our wait for it, wait for it, queen of hearts. Oh, oh! I can't believe it's taken you this long. I know we make such a good pair. <laughs> <laughs> I actually can't even think of one to come back with. Do you want, you want, That's, no, I can't. I can't I'm, I've gone blank. Okay. Um, I'm all flushed out. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and with that, I'm Adam Rotenberg. Lynn Gilbarton, thank you so much. Thank you so much.